The Hopper in the Morning program is made possible because of friends like these. The Valley Voice newspaper and by Sierra View Medical Center of Porterville. Police chiefs, city managers, education experts, and a host of others you deserve to know. The Hopper in the Morning program has it all on TalkToHopper.com. This is Corinne LaRue of the Ag Information Network with California Ag Today. Shipping challenges continue to make life difficult for farmers and sellers who need to move commodities to overseas markets. Mike Safer, president and CEO of the National Grain and Feed Association, says the falling levels on U.S. waterways plus the threat of a potential railroad strike is almost a perfect storm. It really is kind of the perfect storm of what we've seen with some of the rail challenges and the river challenges we've had. And if I had a dollar for every time someone who's been in the industry 30, 40 years this year has told me I've never seen this before, I could send both my kids to college and I could still retire very comfortably, I think. It has certainly been a challenge. We've still got some challenges on the rail side. If you look at year-over-year numbers, we're still needing to get back. But if you look at where we were in April, we've come a long ways on that front, I would say. So we're doing better. But when you throw in the challenges on the river and you throw in the threat of a rail strike, it's been a challenging year. There's no doubt about that. 25% of the grain and oil seeds, bulk commodities, are moved by rail. And then you add in almost an equivalent number of cars are moved when you combine flour, biofuels, ethanol, DDGs, soy meal. It's a huge impact from both a moving product for export, moving product for processing. For California Ag Today, I'm Corinne LaRue with the Agriculture Information Network. Eagle Mountain Casino would like to say thank you and express our appreciation. Every Friday, it's First Responder and Military Appreciation Day. With great benefits, including $10 in bonus cash and a $5 food voucher for all first responder and active and retired military personnel. You must be a Summit Club member and have a valid ID. Joining the Summit Club is free. First Responder and Military Appreciation Day every Friday at Eagle Mountain Casino. Responsible Gaming, 800-GAMBLER. Winter is almost upon us, so it's time to make sure your home's interior is ready. I'm Danny Lipford with tips for today's homeowner. Stay tuned and we'll talk about a checklist to help you get it done right after this. At the Home Depot, we have Black Friday savings all through November. And with that comes a joyful holiday bustle that we just love to hear. Although we also love the sound that comes after the holidays when people put their new tools to use. In fact, we love it so much. When you buy select Milwaukee M18 kits, you'll get an extra tool for free. So after you're done filling the air with holiday magic, you can fill it with the sounds of doing. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Here's a quick checklist to make sure your home's interior is ready for winter. First, make sure water pipes in unheated areas are properly insulated to protect against freezing and to save energy. You can find inexpensive foam pipe insulation in three to six foot lengths at your local home center. Next, make sure your fireplace and chimney have been properly cleaned and checked. This is a job for a professional chimney inspector. You should also have your furnace checked by a pro. An oil burning unit, heat pump, or radiator should be inspected annually. 
A gas or electric furnace should be inspected every two to three years. Finally, this is also a great time to drain your water heater to remove sediment from the bottom of the tank, making the unit last longer and run a lot more efficiently. I'm Danny Lipford with tips for today's homeowner. Assemblyman Devin Mathis cares about his constituents. You can call his office Monday through Friday with your cares and concerns. Call 636-3440. Altura Centers for Health has been providing family medicine, pediatrics, OBGYN, dental, specialty, and much more since 1998. Altura has eight locations in Tulare and Woodville. Most insurances are accepted and payment programs definitely available. Call them today, 686-9097, 686-9097, Altura Centers for Health. The South Valley and around the world, it's the Hopper in the Morning Show. Again, here's Hopper in the Morning. back everybody good to have you with us again as we get close to that final date but we're still cooking here and we are bringing you information and knowledge and news and bringing you up to date on certain things you know we started talking about this at the uh, dinner table a while back talking about how uh, social media uh, has come on so strong over the last several years especially in the last five years it's come on strong and you've got to wonder about social media platforms because um, they're private. They are private uh, entities. And can they censor what people post? Anyway, all of that, the First Amendment. And so joining me when I have questions like this, you know, I always bring in my friend Maggie Mello with Mello and Sarsfield out of Visalia. Hey, Maggie, welcome back to our show. Thank you so much. I love doing these. Yeah, and I love having you. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you know, we've talked about this goes back to the first time that Trump ran, and then there was the Twitter and the back and forth, and <laughs> oh gosh, and then there is the First Amendment. Can you touch on some of that for us today? Sure. Well, uh, let me start where I always start, which is the Supreme Court mm-hmm. and the Constitution. Okay. So the the starting point for this is the First Amendment. Uh, First Amendment says Congress shall make no law abridging freedom of speech or the press. The First Amendment broadly protects the rights of free speech and free press. Free speech means the freedom and of public expression of opinions without censorship, interference, or restraint by the government. Mm-hmm. The term freedom of speech embedded in the First Amendment encompasses the decision of what to say as well as what not to say. Free speech means the right of individuals to express themselves through publication and dissemination of information, ideas, and opinions without interference, constraint, or prosecution by the government. In the case of, uh, in the 1943 case of Murdoch versus Pennsylvania, the U.S. Supreme Court stated that freedom of the press and freedom of speech, freedom of religion, are in a preferred position. So the First Amendment, compared to some of the other Bill of Rights, takes basically precedence. It's it's number one for a reason. Uh The court added that a community may not suppress, nor the state tax, 
the dissemination of views because they are unpopular, annoying, or distasteful. That would be a complete repudiation of the philosophy of the Bill of Rights, according to the court. Mm -hmm. So the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, characterized the rights of free speech and free press as fundamental personal rights and liberties, and noted that the exercise of these rights lies at the very foundation of free government by free persons. In uh, 1966, uh, in a case named Bond versus Floyd, a case involving the constitutional shield around the speech of elected officials, the Supreme Court declared that the First Amendment central the First Amendment central commitment is that, in the words of the New York Times uh, uh, versus Sullivan, that debates on public issues should be uninhibited, robust, and wide open. <laughs> the courts further explain that just as erroneous statements must be protected to give freedom of expression the breathing space it needs to survive, so statements criticizing public policy and the implementation of it must be similarly protected. Which moves us into 1972 in the Supreme Court uh, case uh, that they heard Chicago Police Department versus Mosley, where they have a, an excellent quote, and it's this. But above all else, the First Amendment means that government has no power to restrict expression because of its message, its ideas, its subject matter, or its content. Uh -huh. To permit the continued building of our politics and culture and to assure self-fulfillment for each individual, our people are guaranteed the right to express any thought free from government censorship. With these principles in mind, we move to California interpretations of the First Amendment. Okay. In, uh, and it's very important. Uh, in California, freedom of speech has been extended to private property. So what does that mean? Um, there are some folks uh, listening who may be familiar with the Pruneyard shopping area in Campbell, which is near San Jose. Mm -hmm. If, you, if you've ever driven by there at Christmas time, you see a tall building with very large signs saying, peace on earth. But anyway, Pruneyard was prohibiting leafletting. Uh, that means distributing papers to persons in the parking lot. Specifically, high school students were trying to gather signatures for an anti-UN petition, anti-United Nations. The mall security uh, came upon them and escorted them out, claiming that it was private property and uh, a no trespass zone and that they were trespassing by what they were doing. Hmm. Um, now, remember, the Bill of Rights applies to government, government intrusion, government conduct. Yep. So Prunedale, which is privately owned, was confident that it, it could do what it did it could oust the, the high school students uh, because it was not the government. Right. The students filed suit, and the suit was first heard in the state Supreme Court and then went up to the U.S. Supreme Court. So, um, which, by the way, the U.S. Supreme Court agreed with the, with the state court, and this became the law for the entire country, mm -hmm. not just California. 
great. So in the California case of Pruneyard versus Robbins, the court ruled that peaceful leafletting could not be banned in a shopping mall. Because even though it was a private shopping mall owned privately, the court said that that shopping center was the equivalent of the town square. It was an open forum where people assembled to exchange ideas. Mm -hmm. So even though it was privately owned, it became just like the town square and thus a public area which is subject to the First Amendment. This was a huge lawsuit in terms of its ramifications because it made a lot of open areas and privately owned areas now subject to at least the First Amendment and much of the Bill of Rights. So um, it was a huge decision that came down from the Supreme Court um, that gave uh, the First Amendment a lot more uh, teeth to allow free speech. Mm -hmm. Now we take that idea of Pruneyards and with that shift, we come to social media. So what is social media? We have Facebook, Twitter, mm -hmm. Snapchat, um, and the rest of these companies. Mm -hmm. These are privately held companies. And by private, I mean, they are not the government. Right. They may be publicly traded for purposes of shares ownership, but when it comes to the First Amendment, these are private companies and not government actors. And as such, the First, First Amendment would not apply. Wow. But when you look at the First Amendment, you have to remember that we take the First Amendment along with Prunedale. And remember that in Prunedale, that also was a private mall. Mm. And yet the Supreme Court turned the issue into the notion of a public square. Mm. With Prunedale in mind, what is the online world of Facebook and Twitter? I'm sorry, I keep saying Prunedale, I meant Pruneyard. Right, 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 okay. Uh, yes, um, and so Pruneyard turned the uh, world of the First Amendment uh, upside down. So these places appear to be the modern day equivalent of the town square, don't uh -huh. they? So you have chat rooms and virtual places like Facebook and Twitter, which is where people go to exchange ideas. You add this to the fact that the internet itself was built or created by the government. So it very much starts to look like the town square, just in virtual form. <laughs> to date, no one has been success, successful in arguing to a court that the First Amendment should apply to social media. But there are cases all over the country at the trial level being argued. Mm -hmm. These cases will be winding their way to the Supreme Court. So in time, we are probably going to be seeing these cases argued in front of the U.S. Supreme Court and a decision made by the Supreme Court. Wow. So now let's take a look at social media bans on music. In Facebook, there's what people refer to Facebook jail. Um, yes. And what that is, 
<laughs> a lot of people know what this is. And if you haven't been in Facebook jail, you probably know someone who has. Mm -hmm. So when a user posts something that the company doesn't like or disagrees with, then a company employee removes the post and bans the person from the site for a certain amount of time. Usually that's like two weeks or 30 days. Um, so on Facebook, if you post something either as a post or as a comment, you could be banned from Facebook altogether, or you could be put in Facebook jail for a certain amount of time, <laughs> which is the equivalent of censoring. Mm -hmm. um, so the, um, the equivalent of that is basically what the security guards did in the Pruneyard case. So when the security guards removed the students, that's tantamount to uh, going into Facebook jail where you're banned or removed from the site for a certain amount of time. Hmm. All the social media platforms have some sort of penalty for posting messages with which the company disagrees. Many times the company will identify it as hate speech, hmm. this term that has uh, taken hold of a lot of these sites, this idea of speech that is hateful, uh, that some people disagree with and that some people don't like or, or uh, you know, just things that you disagree with. Right. So, for instance, if you say you are a Trump supporter and you want to make America great again, it is likely that some employee at Twitter will take issue with you and ban you from Twitter for a certain amount of time. Wow. It has been pointed out that the only censorship that is occurring is that of conservatives. And you can say all you wish about transgender issues and, and things of that sort, but you cannot proclaim, proclaim Christian values without scrutiny. Mm -hmm. So now personally, I am not a particular fan of President, former President Trump. However, when it comes to people wanting to support him, I come to those people's defense every single time because mm. your ability to make a statement and to voice your opinion about an issue is fundamental under the First Amendment. And I may disagree with you and I may post something in, this, in disagreement with you or not, um, but that's my choice to agree or disagree with you, not my choice to ban or not ban you. But it is their ban that people are concerned about, not government, right? So we're talking that's about correct. Social, right, social media. That's, so right. <laughs> how do you right. deal with it? So remember, the First Amendment is there to protect unpopular views and mm -hmm. unpopular speech, not the popular one. Okay. So, but remember, these are private companies. And so as such, they have not come under the First Amendment umbrella because um, the, they has, the, no case has yet gone up to the Supreme Court, allowing the Supreme Court to say that Facebook and Twitter and those forums are tantamount to the town square. Um, and as such, uh, social media sites are taking the position that because they are privately held and they're private, private companies, not the government, um, that they don't have to abide by the First Amendment and therefore they can ban anyone they wish uh, for any reason. Mm. Now, recently, there's been big news about Elon Musk uh, purchasing Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Big <laughs> and <news>. so, he, <laughs> right. He has gone in there and reversed 
many of the censorship policies of the previous management, uh, which in turn has led to a lot of Twitter employees complaining on social media. So this is one of those tit for tat. So what you have is you have Elon Musk going into Twitter and basically cleaning out the company of uh, people he sees as censoring speech. Mm. So what ends up happening is these people who are censors are going on these sides and are bad-mouthing or saying negative things about Elon Musk, about how he's dumb, doesn't know what he's doing, and, and things of that sort. So what do you think Elon Musk is doing with those people who are going out there and publicly proclaiming that they don't like their boss? Well, he's basically firing them. Wow, yeah. So the very people who are most responsible for censoring other Twitter users are now complaining that they themselves have been censored or fired. Wow. <laughs> so all this turnaround is happening in Twitter. But again, since this isn't government action, the First Amendment so far hasn't been implicated. Hmm. But what if we change just this just a little bit? Suppose instead that the censorship is being done at the direction of the government. Now you have a First Amendment issue. That very fact pattern is working its way through the courts and will likely be picked up by the Supreme Court in the next couple of years. Uh, what was happening is Homeland Security was directing uh, certain uh, uh, so certain social media sites mm -hmm to remove or ban certain types of posts. So these employees were um, banning or removing posts at the direction of the government. So in other words, the government was behind the censorship and behind the banning. And as such, it is likely to be seen as government action altogether mm -hmm. and not privately owned company acting on its own. So in addition to this idea of pruneyard, we have this idea of how much government action is actually creeping into these sites exactly. and how much is being dictated or at least aided by government action. So that is another avenue that is likely to work its way up to the Supreme Court uh, to make to, for a decision on whether or not uh, censorship should be allowed in these social media sites. Yeah. Are you not surprised, uh, Maggie, that it hasn't been that way yet? I mean, the social media has been coming on stronger and stronger for the last yes. several years. So I'm kind of surprised it hasn't gotten to there yet, especially yeah, what not, happened to, you know, uh, former President Trump and all of that when he was banned. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'm actually not surprised because things take a really, really, really long time. Yeah, true. Um, so they have to be first filed in the lower court. Um, so whether you're applying the First Amendment under the U.S. Constitution or state uh, equivalents of the First Amendment, because every state has basically the equivalent of the First Amendment. So sometimes um, the forms are more friendly in federal court or sometimes they're more friendly in state court. Uh, so you you it, it takes a really long yeah. time Start. for things to make their way up there. Plus. The Supreme Court will be looking for a case 
it wants to hear. So you may have 50 different cases that have gone up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court justices have not found the exact one they want for the point they want to bring out. So sometimes it's years before they actually find the right case, not just a case with certain issues. Yeah. Um, and so I, it, I'm, I'm not surprised, um, only because I know how long these things take. But sometimes an issue will come up and it's only been five, six years and all of a sudden the right case comes along and it seems like the, the Supreme Court picks it up immediately. Hmm. Um, and sometimes that's just a matter of which cases have gone up at what point um, and there's no telling what they're looking for specifically and there's no telling uh, when they're going to get the right case. Mm. Uh, mm. But I would imagine that because there's so many cases coming up to the lower courts, that it, it's going to, it'll be pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, especially with the banning of Donald Trump and a lot of these uh, government actions that are taking be taking hold behind the scenes and, and, and I think what Elon Musk is doing is, is actually opening the door up for others to be able to do the same thing that he's doing, which mm. is reversing all these policies. Um, we also have to remember that some of these things fix themselves. So if there's a shift in this idea of, uh, you know, if these companies decide they don't think it's worth the hassle to have all these lawsuits filed, they're just going to let everybody say whatever they want to say. Um, it would make a lot of these issues potentially moot. Um, and so as such, the Supreme Court may be waiting to see what plays out in the marketplace. Mm. Um, so when they're looking at the trends and where things are going, the fact that Elon Musk is basically undoing all these censorship uh, provisions, uh, they might be waiting to see if Facebook and Snapchat and all these other uh, sites follow suit, and then it will resolve itself without intervention by the Supreme Court. Wow. Look Which at the monster. <laughs> the monster right. we built. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go right. ahead. Yeah. No, that's okay. Now, not to be outdone by other states, California <laughs> has recently passed a law that prohibits the mere speaking to minors about firearms. What? And so, yes, um, it uh, passed in, uh, I believe, July. Of oh. this year, okay. Uh, it all, in addition to prohibiting speaking to minors about firearms, it also prohibits language in advertisements that would be reaching out to minors about firearms. It fully covers political speech, which means if you talk to a minor about reversing the law, you would technically be violating the law. It is a misdemeanor to violate the provisions. It was emergency legislation, so it took effect immediately. As soon as it went into effect, lawsuits were filed. One of the better known ones was filed in Los Angeles and is making its way through the courts. And I, I'm thinking, um, it's going to be a little while before it can get up there, assuming the Supreme Court even picks it up. But even the folks analyzing the legislation 
all the folks who testified about whether or not this was constitutional, every one of them, from liberal professors to conservative lobbyists, every one of them agreed that this is probably unconstitutional. Wow. But our legislature went ahead and passed it in any event. Mm -hmm. So it not only bans uh, political speech, but it also bans true speech. So if you are talking about how a gun works and you are saying this to a a minor um, about telling a minor, oh, when you come to be 18 or 21, uh, you can buy yourself a gun, and this is probably the one that I would get. You are potentially committing a misdemeanor crime, uh, subjecting you to penalties. That's a bit nuts. In my <sighs> yeah, opinion. I, I, I don't, I don't know why they did this, but they went ahead and did it regardless of all the people telling them that this was unconstitutional. Um, and there have been analysis. Uh, conducted of this particular legislation, and there basically there was the the analysis that I was reviewing. Uh, it was clear that even if they were to clean up the language in the legislation, there would be no way to save it. It is so wow. it is such a violation of the First Amendment that I no one can think of ways to allow the legislation to proceed. Uh, even with changing some of the major provisions in it. So they would have to repeal the entire thing. But what the legislature seems to be doing is they pass these laws that are clearly unconstitutional, and they don't seem to care uh, what impact it has on individuals. Mm -hmm. And their attitude tends to be, well, it's just a misdemeanor, not a big deal. So you have to spend a few days in jail. What's, What's the big deal? Or you have to pay a fine. What's the big deal? Um, and they are hanging their hat on this idea that we are protecting minors uh, so we can violate the Bill of Rights all we want so long as we're talking about uh, uh, safeguarding minors and and not letting them uh, be introduced to firearms. Um, Yeah, they think that they can get away with it. Yeah. I was reading, uh, Maggie... Uh, maybe I got a piece of it here. Those who would support laws intending to restrict or silence discussion and debate by journalists, academics, uh, advocates, or any other citizen, about, uh, for that matter, about abortion or any other social issues, I'm reading now, social issues, must understand that providing truthful information is not approval and that the right. open exchange of ideas is fundamental to a democratic self-governing system. Now, that, that takes me back to what you said at the beginning about the First Amendment. Uh, right. I, just, I just wonder where it's going. It's, it, I mean, we need more laws, right? Of course. Well, <laughs> yes, and, and the idea behind the First Amendment, the First Amendment was not created to enable popular speech. Uh-huh. Uh, it was there to prevent the banning of unpopular speech. So the idea behind the First Amendment is the, uh, to protect individuals and allow them freedom to, dis- to engage in discourse. And there's going to be someone with whom you disagree. So when Democrats and uh, Republicans are exchanging ideas and speaking, the 
First Amendment is there to give the ability of both sides to be at the table and to be heard. Because if you start banning the people or the speech with which you disagree, well, then you're only left with one type of speech, which is why, regardless of your position about uh, President Trump or the conservatives or Republicans or your a position about Democrats and progressives. I, I don't care what your position is on that, so long as you allow for the free expression of uh, those thoughts. Exactly. And and the problem that we have right now happening on these social media platforms is that that is exactly what is going on. And to me, I, I cannot think of a. a better example of a town square than the these platforms mm. i mean this is people go onto these platforms to exchange ideas um and there's a lot of ideas being written on facebook and twitter and snapchat and, and all these social media sites there are so many comments and so many discussions being held with people who i think are just complete morons and miss the whole point. But regardless of what I think about it, I absolutely support their ability to put those statements forward mm -hmm. and be able to engage in that discussion. And sometimes what I might think is off the mark or uh, is unpopular or, or might, you know, might hit a nerve with me, mm -hmm. that I, who am I? to dictate to the world what others can say. Right. Yeah. Right. Who made me the arbiter of what is proper speech and what is not proper speech? Well, um, when, I, right? when I first invented the Internet, Maggie, <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody was right. around then. But to express ourselves openly on whatever topic we want, uh, right. we want to do it without the fear of government control. Right. I mean, well, and there's one more thing that is oversees all of this. Okay. Um, and that is, we've got so these social media platforms have federal immunity um, from lawsuits uh, for content. So if if someone makes a discriminatory comment about somebody else. Uh, let's say they do a defamatory comment, all right? So I, I go on to uh, Facebook and, and I say something horrible about Kent Hopper. Mm -hmm. okay. And I say something that is totally untrue and, I, and, it's, and, you, and you righteously sue me for defamation, all right? The platform itself, Facebook, is immune from lawsuits um, because they, through the federal government, are allowed to let their people, let the folks post whatever they wish to post mm. without uh, being liable for any of the postings, right? So if, if this were a, a, a different type of plat platform where they didn't have immunity, you would sue Facebook because Facebook allowed that comment be made mm -hmm. so you would you would sue facebook and then you would sue the person who made it 
but because of this idea of immunity, uh, the social media sites uh, cannot be sued for any in inappropriate, defamatory, libelous mm -hmm. comments made. But they can be used uh, when we're on our way to court for whatever, uh, you know, for yeah. whatever reason, whatever suit, because they've gone to it. We know the authorities have gone to Facebook or, or, or yes. any of those to use this on uh, because kids say stupid things and they go make sure they don't shoot up a school, whatever it is. Uh, they yes. will go back and use Facebook on their side, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And you can subpoena the documents so that you can show that this was said and this was done. Right. Okay. And criminal cases will subpoena documents from these sites because sometimes the criminal uh, enterprise, the, the conspiracy, so to speak, uh, will have been done over a social media site or there's photographs posted of, let's say, Someone commits a robbery and then they steal a hat and then they post the hat on the Facebook saying, ha ha, we just jacked this guy and yep. we took his hat. All right. So which, by the way, I've seen happen in court. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can use all that evidence uh, as you would any other evidence. You just subpoena the documents and Facebook sends them to you. But of greater importance is the fact that this idea of immunity was provided because it used to be that Facebook would not be involved in banning any uh, uh, speech or censoring any speech, mm -hmm. right? So because they were just a conduit, uh, the people engaging in that speech were the ones responsible for it. Yet now, despite their immunity, uh, these uh, social media sites are in fact engaging in censorship. So if you as a company are engaging in censorship, you are giving the go ahead for certain language to be put on there and certain language to be removed. So aren't you then giving the go ahead, aren't you responsible if some language that turns out to be defamatory is then placed on that website or on that social media site, correct? Good point. Good point. Right. So with this idea of immunity, that has been true from the beginning uh, because it was believed that these social media sites, they were just there sort of as a, you know, they were the prune yard. Uh, they were there as the center, but they didn't choose and pick who was going to come and provide leaflets or who was going to come and give speeches. So now that these social media sites are in fact engaging in the censorship. Um, they've gone from being a bulletin board to being an active participant in what is being put out there. Yeah. yeah. So I would think at some point they were going, they'll, they will be subjected to liability if they continue on this path of deciding who gets to speak and who doesn't get right. to speak. Right. It's crazy, and I, I hate it when uh, when people get on there and they start slamming one another in different areas, but at the same time, without any law, uh, I mean, without any purpose to go after them, we just kind of sit there and take it, you know? I mean, it's, it's just, right. it's kind of crazy. Right. Well, if you are the recipient of defamatory comments, mm -hmm. you always have the ability to sue the person making those comments. Now, whether you should sue 
is another question uh, because there's a lot of uh, laws that come into play. You have anti-slap, which is anti-strategic lawsuits. Uh, you've got a bunch of different things. But if you genuinely are defamed and you have a legitimate lawsuit, you can file a lawsuit, at least in California you can, and, and uh, sometimes under the federal law as well. So you, you have a way to defend yourself. The other way that you can defend yourself is you go up there and, and you post something and you explain or you say this is not true or, or you do what you have to do. Um, in the old days, the newspaper is where people would create libel and create defamation because they would print things in the newspaper that either wasn't true or was defamatory and things of that sort. Right. And wow. it was difficult to then respond because then in order to respond, you either had to hope that the newspaper would pick up your defense or you would have to buy uh, some spot in the paper to respond to what was said to you. And that just was not really workable. But now in the media sites, you have an ability to immediately respond and correct the record. So we're looking at a, a sort of a different situation. These media sites were originally intended to be the equivalent of a bulletin board where anyone can post anything they want up there. So you would go up there and you would post whatever and then somebody else could come back and post on top of your posting and so it would go. Um, and if you were upset with what somebody posted, then you got on there and you made your own post and you directed people to your post saying that other post was just complete garbage. Don't listen to them. But we've gone from this idea of a bulletin board or prune yard mm -hmm. to a machine that scrutinizes every word that's put um, onto the, the site and they have these search engines that look for keywords. Um, and if you've ever been unlucky enough to be posting these particular keywords, you get these alerts that you're being scrutinized and they're reviewing your posts and they're going to determine what the penalty will be. Um, and it goes downward from there. Wow. Um, so, you know, the next question is, so where are we going with all of this? Yeah. Yeah. So in my opinion, the federal legislature should pass a social media user bill of rights prohibiting content discrimination in exchange for the ISPs getting immunity from suit for defamation. Ah. That would be the easiest way to go. So when you come on to these media sites, you have a user agreement that contains in big writing a bill of rights. And I realize that most people, when you go onto a site, you get that Do you agree with everything we have to say in this bill, in this user's whatever. Yeah. And I'm guilty of this too. I just hit agree, whatever. I'll agree to anything you want me to agree to. I just need to get on this site. Yeah. Yeah. But 
this needs to be front and center. It, it's, it doesn't go along with the whole little writing because there's a lot of things hidden in those agreements that you agree to. But the problem with those agreements is that nobody reads them. And the companies know you're not agreeing. You're not reading them. I mean, it takes you two seconds to hit agree. You obviously haven't read right. all it has to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but this needs to be a, a bill of rights that has teeth to it, that absolutely prohibits content discrimination. And that, so has, the, that hasn't been done, has it, at all? Has not, wow. no, which okay. is why the Elon Musk thing became mm-hmm. so, so huge, uh, where everybody, well, I am, I'm watching with very great interest about what's going on with, with Elon Musk and mm-hmm. Twitter. And, um, I mean, good way to get revenge for him. But <laughs> yeah, <I hear laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people who've been banning and censoring and, and things that they know best and are on their high horse there um, are, are getting canned now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and they're crying about it and saying how unfair it is and how Elon Musk is just a big meanie and he's come in there and he's disrupting all this woke language and woke folks. And so, now, you know, so I suspect that Elon Musk is just going to continue on his rampage and clear out Twitter before he moves on to the next project that mm-hmm. he wants to take on. Maybe he'll <laughs> go on to maybe Facebook or Snapchat or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's just one thing after another. You mentioned, uh, you know, talking about the First Amendment, and I read... Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was over 90% of Americans uh, say that the First Amendment is vital, and it doesn't go too far. And some people said it needs to go farther, which I'm thinking is kind of what you're saying. It needs to be yes. um, set up properly and then uh, follow through. Uh, yes, know, and- I'm surprised it hasn't been done. Really? Right. Well, you know, this media yeah. is is fairly new. I, I realize it's 30 years old, or mm-hmm. while well, Facebook is probably, I don't remember now how old it is, maybe 15, 20. But uh, in, in terms of our advancement of laws and interpretations of laws, um, it, it's just a baby. So when when we have these constitutional rights and constitutional ideas and the Bill of Rights, when we have something like all of a sudden we become virtual, how does it take hold? How does it affect what we do in the virtual world? And it's hard to keep up with the changes and it's some people will still argue, look, this is a private company. It's like a private, you know, it's it's like having people at my house, I can invite to my home anyone I want, and I can ban anybody from my home that I want to ban. So, right? So why am I being forced under the Bill of Rights to have a discussion with someone I don't like? This is my platform. I built this. I put it out there. So why can't I ban whoever I want to ban? Why can't I say only Democrats can be talking out here? Why do I have to let everybody else in? I mean, again, this is a private 
company. This is a private institution. So it's not the government's business and they don't have anything to say about this. So why am I being subjected to these laws and regulations that I have to let everybody talk? Like if I have a private party at my home and I'm seated at the table and some guy shows up and starts spewing language I disagree with, what, I have to let him sit there and talk? Of course not. <laughs> Right. right. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's going to be tossed out of this year, assuming he even makes makes it through the door. I'm calling so, Mello and Sarsfield right away if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go so, ahead. So, right. So what is the difference between that and these private platforms? Remember, these things were programmed by individuals and then they put it out there and they allow people to join to engage in uh, postings at their discretion. And again, when you first come onto these uh, media sites, you enter into an agreement with the sites uh, about certain things. And so they think that they're absolutely authorized to censor and stop certain speeches, ban Mm -hmm. people, because this is a private enterprise, and as such, it's not subject to the First Amendment. And the counter to that, of course, is, well, so did Pruneyard. Pruneyard had mm-hmm. that exact same argument, and look what happens to them. Look, the minute it, it transforms into the equivalent of a, a town center, you are no longer this private individual uh, listening to others talk. You are now the equivalent of a bulletin board or a pruneyard uh, shopping center uh, or town square. Mm-hmm. So where we're going from this, like I said, it, certain things probably have to be decided by the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Um, so is my hope that before that happens, that these companies will take it on their own to do the right thing. Uh, but so far, with the banning of Donald Trump and the banning of a lot of the conservative talk mm-hmm. and even uh, conservative individuals, if you are speaking on the right side and as opposed to on the left, then you're being put under tremendous scrutiny. Wow. If you are on the left, and you're talking about things that you believe in, then these uh, platforms are pretty much leaving you alone. Um, so the, 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 the difference is coming up pretty starkly. So um, if you're going to engage in this kind of enterprise where you're basically a bulletin board for the exchange of ideas, then under the First Amendment, you really cannot ban one side and let the other speak freely. Yeah. You have got to be, and if that takes a Supreme Court decision, so be it. Uh, again, I wish they would come to their senses and just act as a bulletin board and leave the censoring to somebody else. Not going to happen, though, is it, Maggie? So far... It does not look like it is going to happen. However, um, Elon Musk's entry into Twitter <laughs> yeah. is, is a good step forward. Yes, uh, I agree. Because he, he really is undoing a lot of these 
problematic censorship policies. Um, and I think that he's trying to straighten the boat. Uh, but he <laughs> he's taking a lot of flack for it, too, although I don't think he really cares. No, I think he, he takes great pleasure in making people upset. Um, but uh, I, I, as it turns out, I'm a I'm a pretty big Elon Musk fan mm. uh, as far as what he's doing. <laughs> sure. I think nope. I, I'm really enjoying watching people squirm and, and <laughs> scream. Well, of and... course you do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. When you make For the me, judge squirm, fun. then you got a problem. Right. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at Facebook. It looked like it's been about 18 years. So you were really okay. close. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. On how old they were, you know, when they came That's about. That's right. So you were very I actually close. got onto Facebook right around when it started. Cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was, it was something I was interested in. Um, having been from San Francisco, I, uh, we used to do a lot of computer stuff mm -hmm. and computer software. And, um, and as soon as Facebook came on the scene, um, I thought it would be a really a fun platform to to be on and i thought it had a lot of great potential um it's and just a big bill bulletin board don't you know it's gigantic bulletin board <laughs> with bells and whistles it's like yeah. being in vegas <laughs> you, yeah right only we don't leave it anyway uh i wanted to ask you you know you talking about earlier when we first started about you know certain words that they look for which i didn't yeah. know <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know if it, what if you put the word Trump, is it going to be upsetting or is it going to be, you know, that kind of thing. But here's the right. thing that really gets me is that if you click something on, it doesn't have to be free. It can be on your phone, whether whatever source you're on and you click something. The next thing you know, everybody's trying to sell you something that's from yeah. that particular area of thinking. You know what I mean? So, yes. Kind of and weird. How do they it, do it's that? It's also kind of. Right. It's also kind of creepy because they're always listening to you. So if you have any of these devices like mm -hmm. A-L-E-X-A, and I can't say the name because mine will start talking to me right away. I, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> but when you have these types of uh, equipment and uh, your cell phone being one of them, there's a camera, there's a, uh, a listening device, uh, things of that sort. Yeah. So it, it does it is kind of creepy that these private companies are, are doing this stuff and listening to you at all times. And I don't even have to click a button. Sometimes I'm talking <laughs> to my husband about something like I have an interest in going, Oh, wouldn't it be nice to go to Bermuda? And next thing you know, an hour later, there's air flights yeah. to Bermuda. And I start wow. thinking, wow, okay, this is very creepy. I have to watch what I say, yeah. maybe write it down. Uh, but then I just sound kind of crazy then. Well, so, I, don't, I don't blame um, you, though. I mean, every once in a while, I don't know if it's my wife says, ah, oh, you're just being paranoid. But, you know, <laughs> sometimes I'll holler at Alexa and I'll say, are you <laughs> Alexa, are you listening to us right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and just and remember the story a while back about TVs and they had some way they were tracking everything you do from your TV. I mean, yes. some of that. Is kind of like uh, movie-ish, but is yes. it? <laughs> well, and it, and these companies, when you sign up for cell phone services and apps in your phone, mm. you have to read the small print yeah. because a lot of the small print talks exactly about what it is that they're able to do and what they're able to monitor. Mm -hmm. um, so for things like 
uh, your location. Uh, if you have children, for instance, you don't want to have the location on because then people can track where your child is. Yeah. On the other hand, you want to be able to track where your child is if something happens to your child. So you're kind of stuck between, well, who's going to be listening in and who's going to be watching versus yeah. do I want the that to, to be on my phone so that for my convenience or my safety. Um, so, for instance, when we have the friend finder on, um, I like having that on because it allows family members to see where I am, especially if I'm going on longer trips. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be calling me, asking me, where are you now? Um, they can just look on the, my friend finder and they'll see exactly where I am. Mm -hmm. And it also makes me feel a little safer knowing that at least, if something happens to me, somebody will be able to find my last location where my phone was pinging. Yeah. <laughs> on the other wow. hand, there is more insidious stuff going on where a lot of the government agencies are able to also listen to what's going on so under the Patriot Act. Oh, um, yes. They're able to monitor individuals in the United States. And so they're monitoring their own citizens. Um, there's been a lot of um, talk about uh, how far are we going to let the government uh, be able to know exactly what every individual in the United States is doing? So you have, on the one hand, you, you want to have safety, but on the other hand, at what point does the government uh, get stopped yeah. from putting into your lives? Where does um, it end, you know? Yeah, so, and that goes back to what we were originally talking mm -hmm. about in, in these media sites. The government, um, at least from the, there was some, um, the Homeland Security made some admissions that they were, inter well, they were participating with these um, social media sites mm -hmm. uh, to gear censorship one way or the other. Yeah. And so if Homeland Security or the government, regardless of what branch it is, if the government is now a basically a stakeholder in what's happening in social media, well then this definitely needs to then take, First Amendment needs to take hold. Mm. It has to be subject to the First Amendment because now you have government intrusion and government censorship. Wow. Now you have an actor that is dictating who should be banned, what language should be censored, yeah. and all of them. Yes. And it, it only came up that Homeland Security was, was was engaged in this. I would not be surprised if a lot of other governmental agencies are also very intertwined with uh, this censorship and what's going on there. Yeah. Russia, are you listening? <laughs> uh, they are always listening. I'm just listening. throwing that in there because of everything that's gone on. Well, listen, I'm getting close to time, but i got to tell you, okay. you've uh, opened my eyes here a little bit more. I always learn from you, young lady. I do. <laughs> and I'm happy to ch uh, chat with you. I hope we can do it again before this is all over. Oh, absolutely. At least I'm, one more time. So, at least one more time. Absolutely. Well, listen, thank you for being on the program today. And uh, we will talk again very soon, okay? It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And we will talk again soon. You better believe it. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have it, everybody, uh, the one and only, and that's uh, Maggie Mello from the law firm of Mello and Sarsfield. Today, we're picking on the First Amendment, or we're just making sure that it gets done properly, right? Anyway, 
Uh, Maggie Mello, the law offices of Mello and Sarsfield. That's where I go, and it's the right thing to do. Anyway, if you need help on any legal uh, situation, be sure to pick up the phone. They're in Visalia. It's easy. Mello and Sarsfield, and uh, they will help you out in any way that they possibly can. So until next time, everybody, thanks very much for listening in. We appreciate it. And uh, hey, until next time, try to find a little peace. Thank you. The Hopper in the Morning Show is brought to you by these fine sponsors. Oasis Technology, The Porterville Recorder, Altura Centers for Health, Assemblyman Devin Mathis, Eagle Mountain Casino, The Tulare Chamber of Commerce, The Porterville Chamber of Commerce, The Tulare King's Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, also presented by Tulare County Supervisor Dennis Townsend, The Pipkin Detective Agency, the Law Offices of Meadow and Sarsfield. The Source LGBTQ Center in Visalia. Stop Alarm Company. Five Star Healthcare of Hanford. The Enhancement Body Institute of Visalia, EBI. The Valley Voice Newspaper. And by Sierra View Medical Center of Porterville. The Hopper in the Morning Show. Concerned with what concerns you.